Not good odds for Mr. Leclerc. It's all right. All Ferrari's right. looking really, really strong. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wink, wink. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Kurt and Dylan. And with the buildup towards Monaco coming this weekend, we kind of wanted to go in and do kind of a special episode. Uh, we've got a little bit of news that came out. Well, speculative news. I don't know how yeah. much weight I put on it um, about a possible driver switch going on at Ferrari. Um, but we also wanted to talk about one of the most wildest, crazy scandal slash controversial topics or instances of Formula One history, which is the time that a Formula One team lost a $300,000 diamond somewhere on the streets of Monaco, which is just wild to me that this even happened. So we're going to hop into those. But yeah, Dylan, I don't know, man. This whole Ferrari, Lewis Hamilton thing, I, I just don't see this going on. I call complete bullshit. Uh, may, maybe Ferrari would make an off. Okay, so for, for everyone listening who hasn't heard, speculatively, Ferrari is going to offer Lewis Hamilton 40 million pounds of, I don't know, pounds of what, but, you know, 40 million pounds of something. Um <laughs> Roughly like $50 million uh, to come drive for Ferrari. I call total bullshit. They may offer it to him, but Lewis Hamilton's current salary is $35 million. Right. You think an extra five is going to have him leave his best friend Toto to go over to the shit show that is Ferrari? Like, let's, let's talk this through for a second. For one, he's at Mercedes, which is a team that he helped build from the ground up. And I know a lot of people talk about, oh, it's everybody's, every Formula One driver's dream to drive for Ferrari. I'm not too sure that's actually the case. I don't think Lewis would care at no. all about driving for Ferrari, let alone the Ferrari that we have today. Like, yeah. we're not talking about Ferrari in their prime. We're talking about another, essentially, upstart team because they're complete shit right now. So for him to go there and have to develop a whole new team, I just, I don't see this. Yeah, and I mean, Ferrari's already come, like, has made statements before about the progressiveness of Mercedes allowing Lewis to have earrings and tattoos. And, like, Lewis's whole brand is part, is allowed by Mercedes. It wouldn't be allowed over at Ferrari. Like, no. he, uh, there's just so much. I, I call it total bullshit. Um, and on the and flip I, side, that means that they're going to be, that they would have to replace somebody. So then. Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. I mean, in my opinion, Sainz would be the the natural replacement, but that's not a guarantee that Car or Charles is going to want to sign on. Yeah, and extend the contract, even though he's got you know a couple years left on his. But because if I'm Charles and there's a seat open over at Mercedes, I'm knocking on that door. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, please offer him forty million. <laughs> yeah. I'll gladly go over there. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to what I've said before when we were comparing to Aston Martin, like. I don't think there's any team on the grid that has the ability to outdevelop Mercedes when they want to. Not to yeah. mention, they just unveiled. Did you see the uh, seventy billion or no seventy million dollar upgrade to Brackley? They're redoing their entire uh, factory. Like, I have not actually seen the that. renderings it? of it. It looks pretty impressive. It, it it's very kind of on copying Aston Martin. I don't think that they're necessarily copying Aston Martin, but same thing. Like they're rebuilding for sustainability and new technology. Um, 
if you're Lewis Hamilton, I'm putting all of my cards in Mercedes out developing freaking Ferrari yeah. right now. Yeah, so I, I definitely call complete bullshit. I don't like you said they might offer it. You're allowed to make any offer you want, but there's no way in hell he's taking that offer. Not for 40. He's already getting that. I mean, McLaren's paying Lando 80 over a couple of years, but like, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, uh, not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, everybody that's getting excited and keeps sharing this all over social media, just stop. That's dumb. I've- I believe more in the Fernando love story of Taylor Swift over <laughs> Lewis going to Ferrari. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. All right. Well, what about this diamond story, man? I remember the first time I, I saw this and I read about this. It seems like something out of a movie. And yeah. it was just so completely. It's Ocean's 14. Right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was so crazy to me. I had to go look into it. And then, you know, sure enough, it's completely true. Um, but since we're heading into Monaco this weekend, I figure why not bring this up? Cause I figure a lot of people might not have heard this story before. Let's go ahead and just, let's set the stage. So it's 2004 heading into the Monaco Grand Prix. There's a couple key players that you need to, to know for this story. We've got, uh, the Jaguar formula one team, which for those who don't know, ended up after this year, they got sold and became what's today Red Bull. Yep. Um, but back then, they were not Red Bull. They were not doing very well. They were pretty comparable to like today's Haas team. Yeah, they were absolute terrible. That was absolute Ford's terrible. team. That's it that was. was the Ford marker. That was the last time Ford, as a huge brand, was in Formula One. Which yep. I'm just bringing up because they're coming back now. Yep. Last time they were as Jaguar, and it wasn't good. Yep. But the other key uh, people we need to talk about are their two drivers. We had Mark Webber. And Christian Klein. Okay, and the other guy we need to remember is a very shady diamond dealer named Benny Steinmetz. That sounds like a shady diamond dealer name. <laughs> right? Jaguar at this time was in financial troubles. They were losing sponsors. They weren't doing well. And so they were trying to come up with a ploy or something to gain excitement back around the Formula One team and to drum up some more sponsorship. So they partnered with the producers of the new movie coming out, Ocean's 12, which was coincidentally enough about a heist that took place in broad daylight. So after, so they decided what better way to drum up excitement than to strap a freaking diamond onto their cars at the Monaco Grand Prix and race around the track. And this is where things start to get a little shady and a little questionable because they didn't decide to just like put the diamond inside the cockpit or you know, somewhere safe on the car. They decided to put a $300,000 diamond on the freaking nose cone of each of their cars. The most vulnerable part of the car is around often crashed part of the car. The most often crashed part of the car to race around Monaco, which is walls barriers completely around the entire track. If you're going to crash, it's going to be at a a track like this. Yeah. You know, that little, that little castle section of Baku, that's, you know, not very wide and it's windy. That's all of Monaco. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> this is, it's that. <laughs> all right. So they end up doing this on both of the cars. So it goes through all weekend. No problem. They have it there for practice. No issues on practice days. They have it there for quality. No issues on quality days. It, it's These things are so valuable, too. They have to have guards watching the cars at all times when they're not driving around the track. So then here we go on race day. Now, like we said, these guys are not fast. It's not a good team. So they're starting at the back of the pack. As soon as the lights go out, 
They don't even make it one lap before the, the wheels fall off of this whole freaking plan. <laughs> Christian Klein winds up rear-ending somebody, completely destroying the nose of his car. It gets broken, goes underneath his front wheels, rendering those completely useless. He goes head-on into the Lowe's chica- or into the Lowe's hairpin, into the barrier, out of the race. Right. So when you crash into a barrier, especially at um. At Monaco, the only people allowed to touch the car are the marshals that are there. So they get there, they hoist up the car, they sit it on the other side of the barrier, and that's where it sits until the end of the race because that track, you can't just go out and pull the car back. So nobody's able to get to the car. So the car sits there for the remainder of the race. When they finally get the car back to the pits, surprise, surprise, the diamond is gone. Nowhere to be seen. Also, we forgot to mention Mark Webber also DNF'd that race. He had a, a drivetrain issue, I believe. But his diamond was fine, so don't worry about that. But the diamond is completely gone. Now, they have pictures from before the race, and they have pictures from before the crash, so they've been able to confirm that the diamond was there because a lot of people were speculating that maybe it was taken off before the race, but it was there. But when they removed the car, the diamond's gone, so... Nobody knows where this thing is, and it's led to tons of speculation. People are speculating that, for one, the diamond wasn't real, which everybody that was involved says it was real. Um, The second part is they're speculating that it wasn't insured, which they said because there's such a shady diamond dealer, he didn't have enough money to insure the diamonds or something like that. But sources that were close to the team say it was insured. But then it leaves up to to debate, like, where is this freaking diamond? Somewhere, likely after he crashed and rear-ended in the back of that other car, the diamond got dislodged. But you've got cars driving around the track for 70 laps after that. So there's no telling what could have happened with that diamond. Could it have got stuck in another car? A lot of people were speculating, got stuck or dropped off into a sewer and maybe just made it out into the, the bay out there somewhere. Or maybe like some local person picked it up after the race. Who knows? But it's somewhere in Monaco, there's a $300,000 diamond just floating around potentially that's it's like it's fun couple of my thoughts i'm curious <laughs> i'm on the side of the fence that it, why would you strap a real diamond there why like i, I mean i guess people are dumb the, and dumber things have been done but that that seems dumb <laughs> like I, strap the fake one on okay um if like a $300,000 diamond, don't get me wrong, is a shit ton of money, but for people being paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, it's not like it's not a big enough. If that was like a $30 million diamond, who man, like yeah, I bet there'd been all kind of Ocean's 12 would have been about how to steal that damn diamond. Like, right. But $300,000, it's like I don't know if you risk it all to like try and steal that unless you just kind of want to steal it just because People were dumb enough to strap it on the front of an F1 car on in Monaco. I don't know. Like, hey, if you're a marshal and you're the first one to get to that car and you could just like and pop I see it a out, diamond on the ground, I'm putting like, that oh, in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm sliding that thing in my prison pocket. You're not getting it. <laughs> I'm getting out of there. Because a three hundred thousand dollar diamond is what five six carats. I mean, you can hide that easy. It was a. So I was looking up pictures. It was slightly bigger than like a a, a fifty cent piece. It was, made, it was like that big. size. So, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty sizable stone. But it's just crazy that they would do this and they would stick it on the nose cone. But it's one of those things. It's like it almost had to happen this way yeah. because it's like 
it creates such a mystery and people are still talking about it, you know, almost 20 years later and still speculating on where the diamond is. Um, but yeah, there was an interesting story, an interview I heard from one of the photographers that was closest to the accident. And he's the one that actually had pictures showing that the diamond was there at one point. Mm-hmm. And he said like, he could see where the car was the entire race and nobody went near that car. Like there wasn't somebody just wandering over there. He said nobody touched the car until they went and hoisted it back out and drove it back to the, uh, or pulled it back to the, the paddock. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's interesting, but you know, it jumped up. It did jump up a lot of, um, excitement and a lot of, you know, people started talking about the team, a lot of press, but it wasn't enough to get them what they needed because they were bought out at the end of the year, but that gave us Red Bull. So if that didn't happen, I mean, you if, know, you know. But now Maybe we have diamond survived and Jaguar is still a thing today. Also, so people know, we understand that if you're British, you say Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> you also say aluminium. Aluminium. It's like, why do you make it so hard? There's no extra eyes <laughs> in there. It's the English language. It, every vowel and consonant is said a different way at some point. All right. You don't have to pronounce all of them. Yeah, but I, I don't know. That's just... You know, that's kind of it for, for Monaco. That's all we got this week. Unfortunately, until not Thursday. much. Until Thursday, podcast. man. I'm excited. Even though Monaco is traditionally not the most exciting race, it's one of those that a lot of Unless times is won on Saturday. But I think this is going to be, if there's ever going to be somebody beating Red Bull, it can happen this weekend. Yeah, because if Leclerc can put a time on the board and not crash his car... um, you know, there's a good chance. I don't know, man. Those Red Bulls are so fast. <laughs> they are fast. <laughs> but like, if somebody can know. get, if somebody can take pole from Max and Checo, then they can kind of maybe dictate the race a little bit. I think, you know, Monaco is a track that can kind of, you know, dumb down or kind of take away the effect of the Red Bull DRS a little bit. If you get Fernando yes, up can, there, he's going to defend oh. for his life for 70 laps straight. That would be amazing. If it's Leclerc, though, even if he's defending for his life and doing pretty well, at some point they're going to pit him and put the wrong tires on or put two different sets of tires on or the car is going to catch on fire. Like, there's no chance of Leclerc winning. I think Leclerc just needs to try to finish just for for <laughs> once, get a good finish in Monaco. Because you said what? He's only finished last he's year. He's only finished once, and that was last year in P4. That's crazy. Yeah, you know and he's been is- on pole twice, I believe. Yep. Remember the heartache, 2021, where in quali... He crashed he, it. Yeah, and then and the then next day... the transmission, and he didn't even get to start uh, the race from pole. Ferrari's like, nah, we're good. We're just going to leave this one in there and take the pole. <laughs> It'll be... It is fine. They did the formation lap. No, 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 no. <laughs> just tears. All right. Well, like you said, let's hope for rain this weekend to make the race a little bit more exciting. Um, And other than that, we'll be back on Thursday for our predictions. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, you got anything else, Dylan? That's it. Cool. Well, on that note. Stay classy, America. See you next time.